Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we do thank you just for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our source of everything. Lord, we thank you that he is our Savior, but Lord, he also is our source of life. Lord, that everything we need for time and eternity is found in our relationship to him. Lord, we thank you that he is our source of righteousness, that he is our source of acceptance, that he is our source of sanctification and assurance. Lord, do pray that as we continue with this study on position and condition, that we will increasingly learn to see ourselves as you see us in Christ. And that as we... Uh, increasingly face life knowing who we are and what we have, that it will begin to alter our daily lives. That your spirit will increasingly form the very character of Christ in us. Lord, we thank you for the season we're in and for the fact that we can just uh, celebrate the birth of our Savior, the birth of our source of life. the birth of our source of everything. And Lord, may he be exalted in our lives and through our lives uh, these days. First, in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, this is, I think, our third week on chapter uh, 19. We will get finished with it today. Uh, We don't have uh, a whole lot left, but last time I just didn't want to rush through the last uh, page and a half or so of it. So we're on page 81 uh, there uh, at the uh, point where it says taking our position. Now we had a bit of a mix up this morning, so I don't have my... Uh, position and condition. If you've got your little, uh, paper with you, you can, uh, utilize it. Uh, next week we will have everything back here. Uh, Okay. Now, of course, we've been looking at the whole concept of position and condition, which is really everything for the next few chapters is going to rest back on these concepts. Our position is in Christ. And you'll see that phrase over and over and over again as you go through the New Testament. And it's about Christ being our source. And in coming weeks, we're going to see a lot of the things he's the source of. He's the source of our justification. He's the source of our assurance. He's the source of our sanctification. He's the source of our security. You know, he's the source of all these things. Now, you know, Christ is the source. He is our position. When God looks on you and God looks on me, he sees us in Christ. He does not see us independently from him. He sees us in a joint relationship with him. 
Now we brought nothing into that relationship that was of any value. We came in totally empty when it came to righteousness. You know, we had none. But we are given a joint account with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it used to be (laughs) that when a man and woman got married, everything was together. I say used to. Now there's yours, there's mine, there's ours, and all this. But that wasn't the way it always was. And a woman could have grown up in abject poverty... And if she married a wealthy man, overnight she became wealthy. Because what was his was hers. And so it didn't matter what she brought into the relationship. It mattered what he bestowed upon her. You know, one day, you know, before she got married, she'd go go into a bank and try to get a loan and they might laugh at her. She marries this man of great wealth. She walks into the bank and they'll fall head and heels over her. Why? Because she is in union with someone who has much. And that is our relationship with Christ. We are in union with Him. Now, our condition, which I normally have hanging up here, our condition is our daily life. And while our position in Christ is perfect, lacking absolutely nothing, possessing everything necessary for time and eternity, possessing everything necessary for life and godliness, our daily condition is still flawed. It has the potential to grow and become more and more Christ-like. It also has the potential to go on and continue uh, to (coughs) live in the flesh. And whether or not our condition becomes more and more Christ-like, we've seen and will continue to see, is based on whether we really begin to, by faith, believe who we are positionally. Believe the facts. Do I believe that I am truly a child of the Most High God? Do I believe that I am righteous in God's eyes? Do I believe that I am a new creation, that I am not once I was, what I was when I was born into this world, that I am someone entirely different? Do I believe those things? And the more I see myself based on my position in Christ, the more it will begin to alter my day-to-day life. Because it will keep my focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. If my focus is on my daily condition, if my focus is on my daily life, if my focus is on myself... 
Very little is going to change. Oh, we might fake it pretty good, but we'll be miserable most of the time doing it. And won't be consistently successful. And people will see it as a fake. But but as I really begin to see myself as a new creation, and as I begin to look at into the scriptures and learn what are my provisions as new creation, as a new creation, it does begin to change me. And it's not a huge struggle on my part. It is a work of, of the Lord. The just are to live how? By faith. And our faith that saved us was in Christ as our Savior. The faith that changes us is our faith in Christ as our life. And as our source of all things. The just are not just to be saved by faith, they are to live by faith. And the more we come to see that, the more it will change everything. Now, we got up uh, last time, we looked at two examples in Scripture that bring some insights into the whole issue of uh, of position and condition. We looked at the, the issue of the grain of wheat. And that the grain of wheat has within it everything that is necessary for a plant to come forth and grow and become fruitful. It's all found in that grain of wheat. And Christ presented himself as a grain of wheat that had to fall into the earth and die so that it might bring forth much fruit. And we are that fruit that springs forth from him as our source. We also looked at the issue of the vine and the branches. That the, the branch of the vine produces nothing in and of itself. The branch of the vine produces the fruit of the vine. It is the very life of the vine uh, flowing through the branch that produces fruit. And Christ in the upper room discourse there in the vine and branches portion of that discourse said that he was the vine, we are the branches. And he said, if we abide in him and he is abiding in us, we will produce much fruit. But without him we can do nothing. Nothing fruit bearing. We can do a lot of messing things up without him. But He is the vine. We are the branches. He is the source. And as we live our life connected to Him, living our lives in Him, abiding in Him, and allowing Him to live out His life through us, we will produce fruit. It will be His fruit coming from our lives. Now, as I say, we pick up today on page 81, about midway down, where it says, taking our position. And he says, we are to take our position 
not by attempting to get into it, but simply by seeing that we are already positioned in the Lord Jesus. Positionally, if we have accepted Christ as Savior, we are positioned in Christ. There's nothing that I have to do to get in that position. I don't have to produce anything. What I have to do is come to see myself in that light. And that's what God wants you to do. To come to see yourself positioned in Christ. I've said it over and over and over again, and I'll say it one more time. I know that many Christians do not see themselves in this light because they continue to find themselves as sinners. Now, I'm not saying I don't sin. Jonelle's sitting here, so I can't. Uh, <laughs> she'd jump up and object. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm not saying I don't sin. But I'm saying I do not see myself as defined by that. I see myself defined by my relationship to Christ. If I continue to see myself as a sinner, I am defining myself by my condition. Rather than defining myself by my position. I fall short of truly manifesting my position. But it is still my position in Christ. Made possible by Him. And rather than You know, if I'm a sinner, then sin is a natural thing. If I'm a joint heir with Christ, sin is not a natural thing. It is something unnatural that is continuing to plague my daily condition. And I don't want to see it as something natural. Oh, I'm just going to sin because I'm a sinner. Oh, I struggle with sin because I still have a nature that's bent towards sin. But I am a child of God, a joint heir with Christ, a citizen of the heavenly realm. Yes? I was thinking about, uh, I know y'all, I hope y'all don't get tired of our stories, but um, back in the day at the Bible school, I remember more than once, because we knew it was an issue for, well, anyone, but... uh, for the students, uh, I was just sharing one night. You know, you're sitting here and we feel for you so much because y'all are exposed to stuff that we weren't. We weren't exposed to you touch a button and you can be right there with pornography or whatever. And um, just making the point that standing there, you're thinking about hitting this button to go to this place that you know is not where God wants you, but to be able to say... This is not who I am. This is not who I am. Why would I do this? And we all do in different ways. But the fact of the matter, when we're tempted to be able to say, this is not who I am. 
I'm a new creation in Christ. That is not it. And then, you know, just falling down before Him. Being there with Him. Saying to help and got some good feedback. Now he goes on and he says, We abide in Him. How? By resting in the fact. Faith rests on facts. We saw that in chapter 1. But, you know, Christ says, you know, if you abide in me, how do we abide in him? By resting in the fact. By putting our confidence in the fact that when he says that we are in him, that we are. We are inseparably bound to Him. (coughs) And He says, we have been in this risen position ever since our new birth. Whether you realize it or not, ever since the day you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have been positioned in Him. That day you received everything you will ever receive. Everything necessary for life and godliness. Everything necessary for time and eternity. He says, we have been in this risen position ever since the new birth. As we come to realize this truth and to stand in our standing in Him, we begin to experience <coughs> excuse me, the daily benefits of our life that is hid with Christ in God. See, as we begin to see the truths tied to our position in Christ, and we begin to live with that focus, it will begin to change our daily lives. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in many other lives. I teach these truths with utter and complete conviction because I've seen it over and over and over again. That those who really begin to have their focus on Christ as their source, it does change their life. He says, our attitude becomes, I see my position in the Lord Jesus and I abide there. I rest in Him, not only as my Savior, but as my life. That last uh, phrase there is very, very important. Learning to rest in Christ, not only as our Savior, but as our life. See, all Christians are resting in Christ as their Savior. But for many, that's all he is. But we are to rest in him as our life. But he says, faith in our position will bring growth in our condition. The more we put our confidence in what God says about us positionally, the more it will change our daily lives.
You know, in Romans chapter 12, Paul talks about, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And to move from a, a condition-focused uh, way of thinking to a position-focused way of thinking is a renewing of our minds. And it will transform us. It's not an instantaneous thing. It's not like suddenly overnight, you know, you say, I'm going to think positionally and so from then on everything's great. No. It's a gradual process. Little by little. Day by day. Year by year. But the more my focus is becoming increasingly, consistently focused on Christ, the more it really begins to alter my day-to-day life. He says, Paul prayed for believers. What did he pray? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his, uh, and, and what the riches of the glory uh, of his inheritance in the saints. You know, when you look at Paul's prayers for the believers it's never that God would provide them with something they don't already have it was about them growing in knowledge it was about them growing in understanding it was you know here being enlightened knowing the hope of the calling a hope being that which we can look forward to That was in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. In Ephesians 1, 3, Paul wrote, Blessed be God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. How? In Christ. (coughs) In Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing there is out there. It's not apart from Christ. It's in Him. It's a positional truth. And so he says, Our Father intends for us to know and understand that He has already provided in Christ our life everything required for Christian life both in time and eternity. God wants you and me to know that everything we will ever need is already ours. It's not about us gaining anything new. It's about us coming to know and understand and by faith take hold of what is already ours in Christ. He says, He, that is God, is patiently teaching us to have no faith in the old man, self, And to exercise 
all of our faith in the new man, Christ. This is where the struggles of life come in. This is where the struggles in our daily condition play into the picture. It's our struggles, it's our failures that bring us to the place of agreeing with God that in our flesh dwells no good thing. It's our struggles in our daily condition that bring us to that point that Paul came to. You know, the evil I don't want to do, I continually do, and the good I don't, I, I want to do, I can't do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to be, deli- who's going to deliver me? <coughs> and so God teaches us not to rely upon ourselves, our own resources, but to put our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul cried out in Romans 7, who will deliver me? The answer was Christ. When you come to that place where you say, God, I cannot live the Christian life. Who's going to rescue me? His answer is going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And all that you are and have in Him. Quit trying to be like Him. And get to know Him. As your source. Let Him change you. As you come to see yourself in Him. As you abide in Him. And He comes to abide in you. See, He says, We are told to do in faith what our Father has already done in fact. You know, He says, At the cross, He freed us from the reign of sin and self. In the resurrection, He united us to the risen Lord Jesus. See, this is what God did. This is what He has done in fact. We are called to by faith claim these things to be true. To claim it as true that God has freed us from the reign of sin and self. That I am no longer a slave of sin. That I no longer have to be a slave of of self. To believe God that I am united with the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and all that he possesses. And he says, you know... By faith in the work of the cross, the old man is put off. As I counted as true what God did there on the cross with regards to the old man, it begins to lose its hold on me. I'm able to begin to count myself dead unto it. That my relationship to it has been severed. And he says, By faith in our heavenly position in Christ, the new man is put on. 
how do I put on the new man? By believing who I am in Christ. Believing what God says. And so he says, Hence, we are free to dwell within the very source of every spiritual blessing which our Father, uh, with which our Father has blessed us. How do we dwell and experience every spiritual blessing? We do it by dwelling in our source. Living our life with our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the what would Jesus do, but just getting to know Him. Letting Him change us. He says, by considering the old man to be crucified at Calvary, he is put off daily. Romans 6.11. Uh, part A, the beginning of the verse. By considering ourselves as newly created in the risen Lord Jesus, we put on the new man, Romans 6.11b. As we escape self's reign of death... We enter into Christ's reign of life. See, positionally, the old man has been dealt with. Positionally, we are new creations in Christ. Those are facts. But by faith, we are to claim those facts as true. Now he has a couple of uh, examples here. Put off the old. And he quotes from Romans 6.6. 6, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. Seeing that you have put off the old man. Colossians 3.9. Positionally, we were separated from the old Adamic nature in our identification with Christ on the cross. You know, on your old man, I mean not old man, your position and condition chart, I'd write on the position side, dead to the old. That is a positional truth. That includes dead to sin, you know, dead to the uh, the old man, you know, dead to the world, dead to the realm of Satan. We're dead to the old. That's positionally true. In condition, in in the realm of our daily condition, we may still struggle very much with sin. And see, this, I think at times people struggle with the whole concept of being dead to sin because they aren't looking at it positionally. They're looking at their daily condition and saying, how am I dead to sin? You're dead to sin positionally because in your position, your relationship to sin has once and for all been severed. It's a positional truth. It will affect your condition as you come to see it as true. But if you aren't thinking positionally and conditionally, if your whole view of the Christian life is is in the conditional realm, then when you look at the concept of being dead to sin, it just doesn't make any sense to you. 
And so, here's the fact. You know, our, our old man was crucified with him. You know, uh, the fact our old man has been put off. You know, the fact, positionally, we've been separated from the old Adamic nature. But what are we to do by faith? Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning the former conversation or manner of life of the old man. By faith in the new sanctified position, we... We consider as crucified the principle of sin and self within. We count ourselves as new creations in Christ, having died to sin and self. That is our part of putting off the old man that God put off from us at the cross. So, you know, positionally, it's been put off. Uh, positionally, our relationship has been severed. But in our daily condition, by faith, we are to put off the old man. By faith, we are to count ourselves dead indeed unto sin. You know, we are to believe in our daily lives to be true what is in fact positionally true. But we aren't to simply put off the old, we are to put on the new. And again, on, on your position and condition thing, on the position side, I would put alive to the new. That's a positional truth. And he says, for as many of you have, who have, as have been baptized spiritually into Christ, put on Christ. Galatians 3.27. He says, and have put on the new man, uh, which is uh, renewed in knowledge after the image of him who created him. Colossians 3.10. At our new birth... We, you and I, were recreated in Christ. Our Christian life is now hid with Him in God. Colossians 3, 3 and 4. That is a fact. You are a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are a new creation. You have a new life. A life that is safely hidden for you in Christ. A life waiting to be revealed when He is revealed in all of His glory. But a life that is waiting for you to discover it today. And to increasingly appropriate it today. So the fact is we have a new life. But what is our responsibility by faith to believe all this he says put ye on the lord jesus christ romans 13:14 put on the new man which after god is created in righteousness and true holiness ephesians 4:24 
says, by faith in the positional fact that our Father has placed us in His Son, we abide in Him. We are, acknowledge our place in Him. By faith we stand in the position He has already given us. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Ephesians six fourteen. See, positionally, we have a new life. But by faith, we're to put it on. We're to believe it. We're to see ourselves as new creations. We're learned to live in the, <clears throat> the realm of that new life. You know, as I shared the other week, when we were in Ireland, you know, one of the first ones wanted to meet with us said we were the first Christians they'd met that seemed to enjoy the Christian life. And why was that? I mean, it was a sad commentary on what they had witnessed. But it wasn't because Joan Allen and I were perfect. But it was because we were coming to see ourselves positioned in Christ and there was a peace and joy in knowing that. Knowing that even in the midst of our daily struggles that God saw us as righteous. That no matter what I was struggling with I could approach God's throne knowing that I was accepted and always will be. Knowing that in the midst of failure, that my relationship with Christ remains secure. You know, there's a peace and joy as you go through the struggles of the Christian life. If we really understand who we are and what we have positionally. But if if all we understand about ourselves is in the conditional realm, our life is going to be full of turmoil. If, if we feel that, you know, God's acceptance of us is based on our performance, there's never going to be a lot of peace. If in the midst of struggles we think, well, I'm unworthy to come into God's presence. Where am I going to find peace? It will change everything the more you come to see yourself based on your position. And in subsequent weeks, you know, we're going to look at just different things that are tied into our position. Next week, and I, I don't think I have time to start this week, I just barely even get through the first sentence probably uh, of the next chapter, but um, we'll look at justification. Our righteous standing in the eyes of God, part of the provision of our position When God looks at me, He sees the righteousness of Christ. I brought zero righteousness into our relationship. 
I brought zero debt because God, Christ already paid the debt on the cross. He canceled my debt. But I had no righteousness. And I needed righteousness. And so it's mine in Christ. And my assurance is mine in Christ. We'll, we'll see those precious truths. And we'll see many others as we move forward through this study. Now, I do have a few minutes this left over this week. Any questions on what we've covered here in this chapter? This is a critical chapter. If there's any, you know, uh, murkiness in your understanding of position and condition, ask me now because it's going to... Uh, uh, have a lot to do with how clear you clearly you understand things as we move forward. Yep. Hey, yes, sir. Yeah, good question. Ultimately, that's the Spirit's work, okay? They might begin with it as a mental exercise, but the Spirit is, and you you can explain to them, look, the Holy Spirit's going to take you through, you know, situations in your life that are going to, you know, be His way of moving this from simply something you know to something that you grab hold of and truly believe and live on the basis of. See, it's not that there's just a magic, you know, this is how you do it. No. You, we are to grow in our knowledge and understanding. We are to seek to, by faith, believe these things. But it is the Holy Spirit. You know, we are His workmanship. You know, uh, God is working all things together towards the good of conforming us to the image of His Son. And so we trust that as we look at the Word, we see what it says, we seek to believe it, we trust that God, through His Spirit's work in us, is going to do what's necessary to take it and move it from here down into really our heart and the way we live. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That's a good question. Okay, well, we'll close in prayer. Next week we'll get into justification and assurance. Lord, we do thank you again for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that this day he is there at your right hand as our great high priest, as our advocate as our source of everything. Lord, may we not be focused on our own lives, but may we be focused on His. And Lord, may He increasingly be seen in us. Lord, we live in a lost and dying world. We live in a world that needs to see Jesus. And Lord, the way they're going to see Him is as He is formed in each of us. Lord, may we just be instruments available for Your use. 
And Lord, may we become more and more like him through our focus on him. Lord, we look forward now to the service ahead. Lord, as we get into the Advent season and look at the passages dealing with the coming of our uh, source of everything, uh, Lord, may he be exalted. For it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.